and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Mullen, and you can contact the the show uh, via Twitter at, at Justin Mullen, or you can email me at justin.mullen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. So what are we talking about today? Um, I've got a couple of guests in. I'll introduce them in a second. But we recently, we've recently announced some brand new technology and functionality and products and all a whole plethora of new things from a networking perspective. So I thought we'd better talk about that on the podcast so our, our listeners can get an update on what's going on. Um, so there's some brand new capabilities, brand new platforms, and, and it's actually called the new era of networking. So NEN, I don't think that's an official term, but I'm doing Ooh. it anyway. Ooh, there you go. So it's, oh. it's always typical, isn't it? People always just want to start joining in before they get introduced. So I'm introduced <laughs> by first timer, Goffy, David Goff. Hello there, David Goff. I, I lead EN Enterprise Networks for the UK. So you're my good boss. Good to be here. It, yeah. It's good to be here. First time on the podcast. You're welcome. It is. And you're my boss. So if I cock up, I will never get. Yeah, uh, that, that invite got lost in the post yeah, for yeah. a long time. Well, yeah. I just kept on putting it off and putting it off, and then you actually put it as one of my objectives <laughs> okay. to, to be on the podcast. So yeah, you're, you're, you're here by your own fruition. There you go. And we're joined by second time podcaster. I'm Ivan Gordon. Yay! Yippee! Welcome back. I'm so all excited. The way, all the way over from Ireland. Yeah, hi folks. Uh, I lead Enterprise Networks for EMEA. So that's the European and Middle East and Africa stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. There you go. Right. So, new year of networking. You're on the show. What are we going to talk about? Yeah, so, uh, so we have recently, very, very recently announced uh, some some new capabilities, so much of that software-based, uh, and actually some very uh, very innovative hardware platforms as well. So I think the idea is is that actually probably your your listeners, Justin, want to understand well. They're you know, our what, listeners. What, they're they're listeners. our listeners. They're for everybody. Your your little pot pickers uh, want to. Uh, now you're showing your age. To uh, to understand well what, what what problems we're trying to solve. So I don't know if you want to. Sort of step us through, maybe. Yeah, so, some of so those. we've got some new stuff on, on, on why, and the thing is, oh, why have you done it? Why do we feel that, you mean, is it just because it's time to bring out some new new products or technology, or is there actually things going on? So, what's going on that's actually co- dis- just causing either disruption or causing challenges that needs new, that needs that, that, that needs the next step, an yeah. enhancement of what a, a, an IT infrastructure, network infrastructure will look like? I, I think it's a little bit more broader than that. I think, you know, what we're seeing in the marketplace is that shift to digitization and how customers can really leverage uh, a digitized end state to deliver significant value back into the company. Um, and networking has been the foundation for us to be able to do that over time in terms of how organizations could capture that market transition. Now, if I take you back to the early noughties, we had the convergence transition in the marketplace, voice, video, and data. And we launched the CAT 6500 here, which completely rev- revolutionized the networking market around how customers could capture that transition. And with this new era of networking, we're doing exactly the same thing. We're evolving how people will consume, deliver networking to be able to uh, capture that digitized trans- transition in the marketplace. So we're really excited about this and what it can actually deliver for our customers. That sounds wonderful. I know. It does, but what does it mean though? You mean, you, you, we've, yeah. we've done some, released some new things and we've done it in the past and we have been a bit of a groundbreaking company for that sort of thing. Yeah. We sort of tend to lead the way and well, that, and that's wonderful. But what, what is it that, that's actually causing these 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think every customer will appreciate that that, that things are moving at, at lightning speed, aren't they? Um, you know, in terms of the the the, the world of, of IT and networking has massively changed, right? In the last yeah. few years, you know, look back at how networks used to be designed and deployed just ten years ago. You know, that's 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 a that's a that's a long long time ago, uh, and there's been huge change. Uh, you know, driven through digitization, through the internet. Uh, so some of the challenges that customers are really facing today around security, you know, IoT is is something that we, that's we talk. That's the internet of things. The internet of things, yeah. So that's lots of stuff on the network. So it's always interesting with what people regard as IoT, but it's... it's yeah. For, for us, it's, it's just about anything that is connected to the internet, right? And um, I, I think the stat is there's 100 million things connecting to the internet every day forever and ever so to get to that yeah to get to that 20 billion that 20 billion things connected to the internet by 2020 i think is the stat um then from what we have connected to to the internet today to get to that 20 billion it works out like 100 million things connect to the internet every single day. So, so if I, I, I mean, I was trying to put this into my perspective, and I think about my own home, and I, and I think, right, okay, I've got PCs, I've yep. got, well, yeah, yeah, I've got PCs, we've got, we've got laptops, we've got smartphones, we've got tablets, and then now we've got, well, right, okay, we've got, um, you mean my heating, t- yeah, TVs, so my TV, yeah, heating, heating is now connected to the internet, so the, system. Front door, systems. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah, well, I haven't got all those things there, but they're examples of yeah. in someone's home. So if yeah. someone's listening to this, going, what, what does this mean? But and and, and then this will be the same in industry. You'll be in a company. You will be having a. Um, they will be security systems. There'll be heating systems. All yeah. these things, and then other things coming onto the network that you go. Well, I've got to connect, and then we look at hospitals. And you, you think about there and the amount of devices that there are, of medical devices that are connected to the network that need to have either access to the internet or provide uh, access to applications that aren't just users. So it's just not users connecting to the yep. network anymore. Yep. And that's the thing that's continued to happen. And the challenge with that, from, from my understanding, though, is it's they, they're different. They don't need to talk to each other, as in, I don't need a medical device to go and talk to... A member of staff I need to talk to just the one thing but how do I make sure that that medical device isn't being isn't speaking to things that you shouldn't be speaking to yeah yeah and that and that, that increases you know a hu- increases the risk for customers that that um, that they have more and more things connecting to their networks I mean I, I speak to customers on a fairly regular basis and the question I ask them is, is is what what are you planning to connect to your network over the next 12 months and it's not the traditional things that you, you think it might mm. be, either, you know, devices and phones and, you, you know, equipment that, that, that the workforce uses. It's, it's more around, uh, you know, virtual reality headsets or door sensors or, you know, building systems. It's, it's all those things that make up that 100 million things a day. And if you look at a, a customer, right, and they're looking at, okay, what are these devices? What's coming onto my network? How do I manage all of those? Does that mean I need to hire new people to be able to manage this plethora of new devices? David mentioned security. What is the risk of all of these devices coming onto my network? You know, from a data protection point of view, how can I ensure that my data is protected? How can I ensure that your data is protected? So how are we looking at security right across the network? And then how are we looking at 
how we manage all of those devices in a really effective way. So can we automate some of those processes? Can we orchestrate um, and manage those in a completely different way? And that's what this new era of network is going to enable customers to do, which is around that IoT manageability, bring all those devices on, secure your network in a completely different way, and then automate the processes at the back end so it's not costing you more to actually manage that. And, and the thing that comes to mind though, where you're saying that, and I'm being slightly cynical here, is that we've been doing this stuff for a while. Though. You mean the capabilities of the network to segment and to change the way that um, you can segment the network and the way you can change the way it, things can access different kinds of information, different kinds of applications, it's been around for a while. But a thing that comes to mind is that it's complicated and it's hard, a bit harder to do. And if it was easy enough to do, then everyone would be doing it. And, it's manual, and it wouldn't be right? a problem. Yeah, and it's yeah. a very sort of value. And it might, you might automate a part of it, but the whole thing isn't being automated. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and customers have had to um, put in pretty detailed processes to, to do those things that we see today. So, you know, we talk about segmentation, but, you know, that's, that's done through a number of traditional methods you know, access control lists and firewalls, you know, virtual LANs, you know, that that's not new, you know, mm -hmm. that that's segmentation, but the way that you'd you'd deliver that in your network is a very manual way of doing it. And and actually maintaining it is incredibly manual and, and that's that's what uh, customers can't continue to scale to. It's not sustainable to do things that way. You know, take Ivan's point. With IoT, more and more things connecting to the network, the network becomes bigger. Well, you can't keep managing that situation using the traditional methods. Yeah, it has to be something different, and and that's you know what Cisco's focused on is how do we how do we automate, how do we simplify those environments because uh, not only is it becoming more complex, but actually it's becoming more costly as well, mm -hmm. um, and and that's. Again, not a sustainable position for most customers. But the right? one thing that's coming to mind, though, is is that the network has been challenged, and we've talked about this on plenty of other podcasts. But the network has been challenged enough to be able to say, um, "You're not quick enough. You're not agile enough." Mm -hmm. And we want to do these things, but you've got to do it quicker because you're slowing the business down now. I want to release a new application. I want to make myself more uh, more dynamic, or I'm trying a, a new line of business. But my network's the last thing to get changed. Well, there is a stat that says 50% of the applications on the network the CIO knows nothing about. And sometimes the IT department don't know anything about them because they're cloud-based applications that the lines of business actually procure in. So how are you enabling the right level of assurance across your network that, that the applications that are cloud-based are delivering the right level of experience to the users that need to access those applications. So you just mentioned cloud, you know, it's it's a significant transition in the market as well around how people can really automate, consume and deliver services to their users in a new way. And how do we not just automate that, manage that, orchestrate that, but how do we secure it also? And you did you mentioned segmentation and, and kind of onboarding is a lot about that segmentation, who's allowed access to what service what area of the business but the other thing then is behavior so who's doing what in your network and to be able to look at the behaviors of the applications and the devices on the network and to make intelligent proactive decisions about what to do with those whether to segment them or whether to exclude them is really important but to do that in an automated way takes a huge amount of peace of mind um, away from what you're trying to achieve with the network it can deliver it much more simply Wonderful. So. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, to your point around speed and agility, you know, customers want to you know implement 
new services, new capabilities, of, more often than not application driven. So that sits with the, the network team is how do we roll out these new services and new applications that the business is demanding we do. And they have to do that at speed. So, so that's another pressure point for, for a lot of our customers today as okay. well. Yeah. So we talked a lot about what the challenges are. You talked about all those different things. But can I just add, oh, we, we talked go about on, challenges. Here's an opportunity, right? So you have the IT department constantly looking at the challenge of, of budget reduction. So how can I do this for all of, of the lines of businesses? How can I provide all of this these services? How can I ensure that with the right level of security in the network rather than on the network? And this new launch, and we're going to go into detail on what it is shortly, but this new launch enables organizations to really impact the OPEX budget significantly. So if you can maybe reduce the amount of resource or cost to do these things and that that budget is available for you to bring into your IT department to allow you to deliver new and more enhanced services. So we do think it's an opportunity for IT departments to be able to go and attract budget from other lines of business much more effectively and simply. All right, okay. Well, that's, should we, are we ready to find out what it is? What was that? It's a drum roll. Oh, there you go. If you said drum roll, I would have got it. But I just thought you were just making funny noises. <laughs> right. What's number one in the hit parade? Yeah, so what we thought we'd do is break this down into to kind of five key components of, of the launch um, that, that, that we've done recently. Um, so the first one is... So the thing, so thing is, earlier on, when you started saying, hello, pop pickers, and I'm going, all I'm thinking now is of, of, of the Sunday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, listening to the charts, and now you're the uh, Alan Freeman. <laughs> for, those, for those people who are very young... Googling, you'll find out. So, really. so, are, so are, should, should <laughs> we not looking one, consider it's charts? Should we not count on from five to one? You're just going to confuse me. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've written one to five on the whiteboards. So yeah, so at number one is uh, is what we call so so. Hopefully, people are familiar with the term digital network architecture. So this is Cisco's proposition and value around around the network. Um, so the first one is around a central a central management platform for for the whole network or, or increasingly larger parts of the network so what I mean by that is is one place to go for uh, for customers to to design the network to deploy the network to provision services to drive policy across the network uh, to ensure that there is assurance across the network and to do some of the things we've spoken about already which is how do we drive automation across the network as well? So one of the things that that I always get hit with when talking to customers about new technology. Do they hit you? They, they literally hit me. <laughs> they, they violent hit. the customers you're going to meet. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, they, they I, I don't get hit at all in Ireland. I know, because you're a lovely fella. Because you're a lovely fella. And I don't get hit either. I think it may be you. It may, yeah. Maybe it's the presenter. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the one thing that, that the customers always mention is, you know, can I use my existing management tool to, to drive that, that new system, that new platform? Uh, and we tend to solve problems by bringing new technology to market, but we kind of create a, a little problem by needing to have that managed by a different platform or a different tool or a different interface. Well, the idea around DNA Center is that we start to collapse and consolidate those multiple management tools and platforms so that they sit in one place so that the IT team can go and use one tool to deliver a whole raft of different services and capabilities. So is this going to be like the, the, the management tool 
end-to-end or management tools? It, it, it is going to be that. <laughs> from, from a network perspective? Absolutely, yeah. It's, wow. it's the one place that you go to, to perform all of the network tasks that you do today um, and to use the capabilities around automation and, and policy management and, and those things. So it would well. be your single touch point for the network? Do we say it? Single pane of glass? I, no, I, 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 prefer I didn't just, want to say it. So yeah. Just rewind on that one then. Well, we might edit it I out, prefer double plane because it's much warmer. Like double glazing? Are we on triple glazing now? Maybe. Not in Ireland, yeah. <laughs> so just to add to that, I think um, I, I, I struggle with the word management. I really do. Oh, no, I do as well, but I'm trying to be I'm asking about that. it because I want it to be to we either say it's not that or, or what, what is it then? Well, it's and that's why we call it DNA center, not you know DNA management. We call yeah. it DNA center because it is the center where all of the capability around automation, around assurance, around policy, around visibility, um, and orchestration is all all centered. So you can do everything you need to do around the network from one place. So from that perspective, you know, shifting away from the word management, single plane of gas, gas, glass, and more into you know, it's it's a place where you can go that allows you all of that simplicity around how the network is controlled completely controlled from soup to nuts absolutely yeah yeah good that, that, that's a good and i wanted to be a bit controversial not controversial, single point of control is much better than a single point yeah and that's the bit because people automatically and we've done this thing when we talked about our apic controller which is the application policy infrastructure controller dash em enterprise module and, and people, when we presented it, people think, oh, that, that's a management platform. That's doing management things. And it's trying to get that thought that it's not, it's a control point. Mm-hmm. Not it's, a, a, it's an application. Yeah. Okay. One of, as part one of this DNA center. Okay. Uh, at two. Number two. So we have, uh, you know, segmentation. We've spoken a lot about that. So uh, number two is software defined access, which is the way that we're automating the application of policy across the network, um, which is addressing that real big headache for customers, which is actually how do I drive segmentation? And customers segment today, we know that they isolate assets and resources and information and data because they have to protect it, but it comes with a with a really big overhead. Uh, and what we're doing with software-defined access is, is actually bringing some of the tools that, that the customers will be familiar with today. So we Such take- as- we take APIC as an example, or our SDN controller. Yeah. So that that is what uh, what drives um, the the policy across the network. That's what drives change. And that touches everything network. on the network. Isn't exactly. It? Exactly. You know, I can I can I can put a, a command into the controller, and, and the controller pushes that to all, all, to, to every device yeah. on the network, and, that, and that's how you automate the change. So we use APIC. Uh, and we also use uh, Identity Services Engine, so ISE. Well, Dan, you're getting good at this now. Uh, it's, it's not too bad, is it? Yeah, it's quite it's, polished. Is he, is he an SE? <laughs> Was he an SE in a previous life? I so, think he's definitely something so in a previous life. Enough of the baiting. Um, so APIC, uh, our, our automation capability, and ISE, ISE, our, our policy engine. So whenever anything connects to the network, we, we authenticate that onto the network and we use ICE yeah. for that. And, then we and ICE has been around for a while, though, it hasn't has, it? And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and so my understanding that this is just making it, we're automating the ICE process. Yeah, what we're doing is we're taking the intelligence in ICE, we're taking the user group policies that we create in ICE, and we, we, we mash them with our, our automation capability through APIC, and that's how we drive the segmentation. So we can segment the network by using APIC, and creating 
virtual networks with, with APIC. So I might want mm -hmm. to create a virtual network for my IoT devices. So what I would do within DNA Center is I, I would look at my, my, my network through, through DNA Center and I would create my virtual network and I would assign that virtual network the network resources that I need, my switches, my routers, mm -hmm. my wireless, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of creates a fabric for my IoT devices. What I can do with ICE now, because I've already got my user group policies established for those IoT devices, is I can just pick or drag and drop those user groups into my virtual network and that is how I deliver the segmentation. So simple as that. Simple as. So let me ask a couple of more questions. Then. Yeah. So do so. Does this need to me to go and configure things on ICE, like the policies and the groups and all, all that thing on ICE beforehand, and then go over to DNA Center, or is it? Can I go to DNA Center and using software defined access be actually do it all in one place? Yeah. So you would still need to use ICE uh, as the the place to to drive your policy. Uh, and enforce your policy, so so that doesn't change, right? But do I need to create the policy on ICE and then then go onto 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 DNA Center? Correct. Yeah, your user group policies will be created within ICE, but they'll be available for you to see in DNA Center. Okay. And that gives you the ability to then drag those 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 policies and apply them to your virtual networks. Okay. And that's how you deliver the segmentation. Okay. Great. Yeah. Got it. You know, we've been hearing for some time now about software-defined networking, and everybody's been, what is software-defined networking? Networking. When is it going to come? What value is it going to deliver for me? And this is exactly what it is. This is Cisco's software-defined networking, our ability to deliver networking, which is software-orientated, managed automatically, configured automatically. It makes decisions automatically in terms of what's happening in the network. And again, taking away that necessity to to deliver a significant amount of uh, management and put resource around how all of that is working in the network because you do have those multitude of new devices and the network needs to manage it and control it in a completely different way. So we're now able to absolutely deliver a future-proof network for our customers around software-defined. Okay. Uh, and what I would add to that is that, is that this, the segmentation is, is now not dependent on IP address lists uh, and that's the big overhead for customers, right? Is that we've we've moved away from that that model of applying the the policy um, to to using DNA Center as the the point of control that pulls in our security policies from ICE and our our automation capabilities from APIC, and just brings those two things together. So okay, that sounds wonderful. It is. Uh, it is. You say that right. such enthusiastically. <laughs> I know. That means I said that's I've got. I think I've understood what you're on about. Yeah, <laughs> and what I would say is, you know, that that's available today. That capability. If you've got those foundational technologies of ICE and and an APIC in your network today, then um, then you you have the capability to deliver this. You know, across your network today. It's not. It's not a next year, five years time. It, it it's here today. Okay. Great. Wonderful. And so moving on to number three in the new era of networking? Assurance. I can assure you that this assurance is the assurable thing, right? Um, so, no, seriously, so <laughs> when you're looking at how you're going to manage, automate, control proactively 
uh, deliver services down into the network. You, you need to have a mechanism of understanding what's happening in the network. So we have NDP and assurance. So oh. that's a nata, network data platform and assurance. So that's looking at the network in a completely different way. It's managing analytics in a completely different way. It's looking at machine learning to make intelligent um, instantaneous decisions about the network uh, around how you can deliver that security policy, deliver that automation uh, and deliver that control and visibility much more effectively right into the network. But also from an assurance perspective, that's really about making sure that the applications that are residing and, and being transported across the network have the right level of quality, queuing, prioritization and then delivering a user experience at the back end which is exceptional. So does it just so if I've understood this right then, is it the assurance side of things is just showing making it visible how well application and the network is performing in real time? Is that what it's doing? No, assurance is is working with all the applications on the network to make sure the right applications are delivered to the right endpoint in um, so in it's it's the right it, mechanism. So it's more about push, uh, I'm trying to think like about like quality of service then. Yeah, like real a real time in real time network health check. So looking at your users, your applications, the network, and understanding where there may be stress points, uh, and for the network to be able to react to that instantaneous because it's so it actually will change itself the network could change itself depending on how an application is performing on the network well it would reprioritize the application flow depending on how the application is performing so that's the assurance element based on it. the based on the metrics that you've put into it is correct it? okay correct. The, the predefined values that you've set up okay and the ndp which is the network data platform is really about how we're extracting data from the network to make intelligence decisions about how that whole network then is delivering service, right? Right through um, policy, to segmentation, to uh, solution delivery, to you know, when, you're, when you're delivering um, the likes of new branches, new networks out there, how, how can you orchestrate and deliver those much more effectively through the network data platform? So taking analytics and leveraging that to really make intelligent decisions on how that network is configured, deployed, orchestrated, and managed. So completely yeah, new way of doing it. So, so what is it that maybe we'll get onto the? Uh, we'll have to ask the techies to find out how it actually works and that sort of thing. But um, I think I've got the principle. Of what you're saying? Yes, I mean NDP Network Data Platform is an analytics engine. Um, to, to Ivan's point, now that's going to be available no November. 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 Um, but there are some other. You know, um, you've put a date in the diary now. I put a date. Committed. You've committed November. now. Um, for the listeners, but there are there Didn't are. Instead of first of November, I would just said November. Yeah. Any day or a year. year. I would have stuck with a quarter. I would have stuck with a quarter. At least you got a bit of a window. Yeah. Um, but 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 NDP is the is the analytics engine that will be extracting all that information and making sense of it, and it and it does leverage intelligence that sits on some other platforms as well. So so Stealthwatch. You know, Ooh. as an intelligent platform. We've talked about that on it. APIC, we've spoken about yeah. uh, already as a, as an intelligent platform, uh, and it's it's using some of the the capabilities in those platforms to to look at actually how can we start to predict um, by using history, by using analytics information and and, and, and data. How can we start to predict um, the performance of, of of the network? How can we start to use machine learning elements that we have in the Stealth Watch? platform to, to to drive that predictability as well so there's a there's a lot of intelligence but it's an analytics platform available in November 
and leveraging some existing capabilities that we have with Stealth so Watch and Apic. So it's going to be s- sucking information from Apic, Stealth Watch, to be able to give you the... To, to, to give, to, so that's what it'll be doing. It'll be second in... It's second not, in not just those two elements. So other net, things as well. NetFlow as well. NetFlow, right? yeah. Which, is, which so. is a static information collector on, on, the, on the network. It takes all that information... And then and, uses and then, machine learning to understand how things are performing. Absolutely. Great. Wonderful. Right, are we, uh, where are we now? Oh yeah, that was number three. And uh, number four in the uh, new era of networking, Hit Parade. Is encrypted traffic analysis. So uh, we call that ETA, uh, just to, because we've got to have a... You've got to have an acronym for everything. Acronym That's why we have the acronym everything. police. So, so this is a really exciting thing as well. Uh, and, uh, and it's to address the, the challenge around uh, Cybersecurity and, and malware and ransomware threats and, and you know there's been a lot said in, you know in in the, in the public over the last weeks and months you know we don't have to think too hard about uh, about uh, customers that have been uh, uh, subject to this. At this so, stage, I just want to cry. Dear, <laughs> is it just because Goffy's talking? Am I just depressed? Yeah, you know, I've a real <laughs> depressed. Uh, it, yeah, you're dragging the mood things. down. Man. Yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring, bring it, up. it up again. ETA will bring bring up bring up the, the mood in the house. So. Um, so ETA is our ability to to judge whether encrypted traffic is carrying security threats such as ransomware, malware, etc. So for those who who maybe don't don't know or maybe want to, to understand a bit better, you mean if you have, for example, a, a an encrypted tunnel on the network, you can't see inside that tunnel because you don't have the key to see inside it. Correct. So, but it could be containing bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I could be in a hotel room VPNing, virtual private networking, via from my laptop back to my my to the Cisco network, and I could be infected, and it could be doing stuff, but you don't know what they're doing because it's encrypted. Correct. Right. Correct. But it's not just VPN. Externally. I'm just trying to use an example. So, so if you have, if you you've have, got other examples, if then. you have a, a wireless controller in the core of your network that builds an encrypted tunnel to the wireless access point. So anyone coming onto your network from a, from a wireless device, all that traffic is encrypted. So therefore, a significant portion of the traffic flowing over your network is encrypted. And if you cannot look into that encrypted traffic, how do you know if it's infected or not? Yeah. So we cannot decrypt it and then recrypt it because that kind of takes the justification for having encrypted traffic away. Mm-hmm. So should we leverage another mechanism of doing that? And we have invented that in Cisco, whereby we look at the patterns of traffic using, again, machine learning, looking at the patterns of traffic, and we know the typical type of pattern that would generally um, carry malware, and we can exclude those traffic, and we've got in excess of a 99.9% success rate in capturing uh, malware-infected encrypted traffic. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so you know, we, we're looking at the characteristics, uh, and by that we mean, you know, the behaviors the, the payload the yeah. the application payload the source destination uh the space between packets because that could give us an insight into uh, you're getting quite technical isn't it am i i'm, I'm really are. impressed I'm, 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 go I'm, off you go <laughs> oh, keep going keep going you're either going to talk yourself into a hole or you're going to do all right yeah. <laughs> all right well yeah we'll, we'll let the, the listeners be the judge of that right but um <laughs> but, but but you know what is really interesting just to throw a couple of stats at you, oh, we're getting uh, really technical uh, now. It is that the you know the, the, the analysts generally agree that that eighty percent of web traffic by twenty nineteen will be encrypted. So so you know that's an increasing problem. If you can't inspect encrypted traffic, then 
your your risk is increasing significantly. And today, just hold hold that thought, Justin. Oh, so, it's fallen out again. So 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 today, uh, I think it's the, the stat is something like forty percent of malware attacks are delivered through encrypted traffic. So so it's a big problem. Uh, and what we do with ETA is is not decrypt the packet because we can't because that adds a huge amount of complexity and delay yeah. uh, Overhead, as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, is that we're looking at the characteristics and we're using some capabilities in some new things as part of this launch. So one of the new things that we will talk about in a little bit more detail in, in literally five minutes time is, is a new switching platform. So Ooh. the Catalyst 9000. Is he going to talk for another five minutes? As we, he hasn't yeah. shut up, has he? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting carried You're away. You're yeah. Keep going. I won't be invited back again. No, you will be. My one and only if podcast. Can, if, I, if I can get back on again, you can. <laughs> so uh, so the, the new switching platform, the Catalyst 9K, which we'll, we'll talk about, um, that has some, some dedicated resources that allows us to do that, 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 that packet inspection, you know, looking at the characteristics. So that's really important because we can do that in line. We're not, we're not adding delay to, to the inspection of that traffic. And we're using, you know, other capabilities such as uh, such as ISE and Stealth Watch as well to to use the network as a uh, as a sensor and as an enforcer as well. So so how, so how maybe we we will do this for the technical podcast. But how mm. you, so you can spot that the the new these new Catalyst nine K switches or nine thousand series switches can have the 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 oomph and the capability to spot behaviours or are they looking at. Is that what they're yeah, doing? Yeah, it's, it's a set of algorithms. It's a set. So of that's built into the switch. A, an analysis that it's that it's inspecting for, um, and it's using the capacity of the new nine thousand switch to do that in line. Okay, and that's a really important. So it's doing thing. it without any delay, anything like that. So Correct. It's, okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Is that your input? Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So you, you've talked about the 9K already. We didn't even get a chance to get a da, 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 drum roll Stop, number don't. five. Yeah, number five. Go on and you take it then. Go on, Ivan. The 9K. I think David Goff just spoke about the 9K <laughs> so in We keep sticking as a Cisco thing. We keep let, saying let, let anything me, K me, is a thousand. So is it the 9K is the 9,000 series? Let, let me get really technical here. I mean, really technical. I got it. I'm not never going to be able to match Goffy's level of technical um, aptitude, but. We have we have a new UADP. What's uh, a UADP then? A UADP is a silicon chip that's in. What does UADP stand for? That's a really great question. I, I'm going to defer. Are you going to be the first off. person? You're not the first person not to be able to answer that one. But I'll. We, no, really. We will do that in the technical session to follow. Right? There you go. Um, but that has good answer. Seven point five billion transistors. Billion transistors in that little. Kind of two-inch square. Now someone chip. had to count every single one of those. Yeah. Imagine yeah. how long that took. One. It's a boring job. Two. Oh, yeah. I've lost my count. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> one million. I'd have to take. I'd have to take shoes and socks off. Four hundred million. Oh no, lost count. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be like shoes and socks off, can't using my toes. I'm out of fingers. So anyway, and, and that is one, of, and that is one of the reasons why we're able to, we, but we have the hospital capability in the new nine K switches. Let me let me go into the nine K and, and the logic behind the, um, the the naming of it, because some people out there will kind of go, oh, we had the Catalyst two K, the Catalyst three K, the Catalyst four K, the Catalyst six K. Now we have the next the, the Catalyst nine K of switches. Why do we choose that uh, Namaculture? And it's very simple, right? So in our 
in our switching portfolio, we have the data center series of switches and we have the campus series of switches. Yeah. And in the data center, we've consolidated down to the Nexus 9K series. Um, so we felt to make it really simple for people to understand how to work with Cisco and our partners around the procurement of switching infrastructure than having a Catalyst 9K. So, so your switching infrastructure would be 9K and then Nexus for the data center and Catalyst for the campus. So it was a, a really easy decision for us to, to make that. that You're change. the only person who's ever explained that to me. Really? Does it make sense? It does make sense, but... I would just wish somebody had explained that. <laughs> two, two years too late. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's and, and, it. But why, why call two switches 9000s and, and you sort of walk around Cisco and people go, why are we calling two separate switching families the same name? And I'm sorry, I get, get why, why we're doing because it. Because we, what we're now saying is this is our switching family. It's the 9K. Now, if you want to buy switching for the, cap, the campus, it's a Catalyst 9K. If you want to buy switching for the data center, it's a Nexus 9K. Great, I got it. And I get it. Obviously, now. we have elements of, of uh, capability and design be fixed or, or modular depending on the type of switch you need yeah. thereafter. You know, but we're able to inject uh, ETA into that because of the horse, additional horsepower on that switch. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's like old Moore's Law, isn't it? The new switch is coming out. It's going to be twice as fast, twice as The 9K looking. has micro-engines. Micro-engines? Can I throw that in there? Micro-engines. Micro He's getting really technical again. You're getting, it? you need to calm down. This is, this is, that, that, that's the limit of my micro-engine. But what is a micro-engine? Micro. Yeah, it's just a really tiny little, little engine. De dedicated horsepower, if you like, to perform specific tasks. And one of those tasks is security, and that's where yeah. ETA comes in. Yeah. Okay, I got it. So with this new Catalyst 9K switch uh, being in the campus, mm -hmm. uh, what about all the, you mean the 3K switch? Is, is, that, is that, you mean, So when we the, look the, at the, the Cat 3K is dead, long live the 9K? Well, there is a range of products in the Cat 3K, right? So let's be a little bit more specific. And we talk about the 3850 and the 3650, which which is the most recent portfolio, has been available for the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, so, so that is still able to deliver SD access uh, as a switch. So can it do all the things it can do apart from the ETA encrypted traffic analysis? Correct. Right. So we're still saying to people that who have invested in the Catalyst 3850 and the 30. 650 that yeah, you can still leverage that switch to deliver software defined networking okay. you can still leverage that switch to, to be managed by the DNA center you can still leverage that switch to have software defined access we have no plans to end of sale that switch so it's not and, and so can you right. so if a customer's already got a 3k network and needs some more switches needs got 3650s 3850s do they can you do you just go well, I got to keep buying 3850 or can you have do you know what? I need some more switches. I need a nine K. I can buy some nine Ks. Well, that would be a customer choice. Some people will decide to start migrating their, their switching platform over to the Catalyst nine K. Some organisations will have um, will will decide that they want to keep moving with the Catalyst thirty eight or thirty six fifty. Uh, and as I said, we have no plans to end of sale that particular switch or those okay. switches. That sounds a bit political. As in, like that's the that's like a listening to a politic politi politician's well, not answer. Not necessarily. I, you know, I think everybody out there knows that you know, once we announce end of sale, we, we then support that switch for an additional five years. Right? So, so effectively, It's not going anywhere. Well, so the effectively, what I'm saying is that you know, we normally pre-announce the end of sale of, of portfolio. So we're not going to 
in the sale that that has been a decision made because we don't want people to go oh my god i've just invested in this uh, software defined networking ready portfolio and now you're underselling it we're not going to do that and um, we will have two options available the cap 9k where customers who want to really go deeper on encryption security and some of the additional features and capability can go in that direction and some who want to continue with the current uh, infrastructure will be able to do but that all, all well. the good stuff we talked about so dna center Yes. Software defined access, uh-huh. assurance and analytics are all still available on the Catalyst 3K 3650, 3850s. People are nodding yeah. on a podcast, doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, correct. There you go. That's uh, not great. And that, yeah. that, I wanted that because. And that's really important, be- right? Because you know, we've been talking to customers about our DNA architecture for the last eight yeah, years. Yeah, you, you were on the podcast talking about DNA. Absolutely, you know, and we, we, we talked about the physical and virtual layer, then we talked about the, the automation orchestration layer, we talked about the analytical layer and the cloud layer that resides on top. Um, and we, we said that's how we're going to really deliver networking as we move into the future. Now, we didn't have a huge amount of um, product deliverables at, t- at that time. We now have. So effectively what we're doing is we're now delivering on the DNA architecture, that DNA commitment we've made to customers around how they could plan for the network evolution, we're delivering on that. So what we cannot do is then say, well actually, what you've bought for the last three years, which are DNA ready switches, is now not gonna be supported. So that would be silly, right? So we're yeah, not yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's great yeah, and, and I think we can be a little bit more specific with, with, with the, the the time frame of that. So certainly for the next couple of years, there's no plans to, to end a sale that the 3K, you know, it's a it's a market leading switch. It's done fantastically well. Uh, and and as Ivan says, even when that announcement is, is made uh, and a product goes end of sale, we still have five years support for that product. So there is still ongoing development. Let's be clear, there's still ongoing development in the 3K platform because there are no plans for the next couple of years to, to end of sale that product. So, so I'm going to ask another awkward question. So we've got m- not just one switch in the Catalyst range. We have the Catalyst 2K, 2960 switches, 2960X, very popular switch. What happened? Where does this fit in? So we don't just have the Catalyst 2K, we have the Catalyst 4K and the Catalyst Oh yeah, yeah, 4K, 5, yeah, 6, 6K, 5, 6K, 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 and all that. But so I'm just thinking the access layer at the moment, because this is where you mean the 9K. Well, no, the 9K, yeah. So, so right now we're going to launch, as of uh, June 21st, the Catalyst 9300. Yeah. In July we're going to launch the Catalyst 9400. In um, Later this year we're going to launch the Catalyst 9500. So, so, the, so there's, just the not, there's, there's multiple families within the... the the 9,000 range. Yeah, okay, the, that's the, great the, to know, yeah, because we didn't the, talk about that, did we? The 9,300 being our, our access switch. Uh, yeah, access and that's what switch. that was, yeah. Okay. 94 being uh, our modular uh, distribution uh, distribution switch. The 95 being, at the moment, the fixed core aggregation switch. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's Maybe we should have put that a bit earlier in the podcast. Yeah, maybe that's the... We've got there in the end. Um, yeah. But there's, there's 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 lots going on with the nine k. You know, apart from you know the ability to to drive ETA and SDA and some of the other things that we've spoken about. There's there's loads of other smarts in that in that platform. You know, it is built for the you know to support customers for the next X number of years. And there's some really really cool things that that uh, that we've got there, which I can elaborate on if you so wish. You can elaborate if you want. We've been going we've gone for Fine. ages. So I mean, one of the things we we talk about with with the nine k, you know, is its capacity. You know, it, it, more horsepower in this switch than than there is on the market. You know, it's it's absolutely leading in that in that respect. 
uh, and, and takes the 36, 38, 50, you know, even, even further in terms of, you know, in terms of its, its scale and its capability. So it's, it's about future-proofing um, the investment um, so that when, when new things happen, uh, such as new protocols, new standards, that mean that we can increase the speed of wireless, for example. So, you know, in the last few years, we've gone multi-gigabit on the yeah. wireless. You know, what's to say that next year there's a new standard that allows us to go 10 gig, 20 gig in wireless? I know that's that's that, that will well, take some eight, going. Yeah, we've got going to, AXs coming. So. But yeah, so, so new standards come to market, and it's about having a switch that has the capacity to handle that. So uh, it doesn't become the bottleneck of your, of your Wi-Fi network. Yeah, exactly that. And, and the exactly other things that. are connecting to it as well. We talked about IoT right at the start of the podcast, but you mean, is there any more enhancements from that perspective? From an IoT perspective? Yeah. Uh, so, so the other big thing is that it's uh, delivering 100 watt power over Ethernet. Um, so that's, that, a, that's a lot, isn't it? From an network. It's 62 watts now, I think, is, is yeah, yeah. the kind of the, the yeah. more advanced standard for PoE. So, you know, we're adding whatever that is, 30 something percent. 38 watts. <laughs> Talking watts. on a podcast yeah. and trying to do sums. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, that, that, that creates a, a whole, um, you know, business case for, for that switch just from an IoT perspective and, and how we can provide power to. Uh, uh, to devices, and I, I've taken a little bit of a research into this as well, oh, in terms God. of, well, what is it that you can power with a 9K? And you'd be surprised, uh, you know, a 40 inch TV, right? You can power for less than 100 watts. So, so what you're trying to say is, if there was, if, if it was a PoE enabled TV, you could power a 40 inch tally. Off the network. Off a, off a, off a, off a Seriously, port. who's got a 14-inch TV now? Exactly, right? that, yeah, that's... that's you haven't. You've got a 70-inch one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but as an example, you know, there's more and more things that, that, you know, we talk about IoT, you know, those things that are that are connecting to the network are, are power-consuming in many cases, and we just now have the ability to to not just connect those things, but to actually provide the power for those things Because well. it's sort of PoE for anybody who wants a quick synopsis of PoE, sort of started off right, sort of 15.4 watts, so we're talking about powering phones, powering access points, Wi-Fi access points, and then it's grown and grown and grown, and you, 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 we went to, to a PoE Plus, where we talk about 30-odd watts, and then you got universal PoE with 60, 60 plus watts, mm-hmm. and so it allows you to start to power you mean you can talk about lighting? You can yeah, talk about yeah. any. You mean yeah. you mean what do you say with a hundred watts? You mean is you mean the challenge is that what's there that consumes a hundred watts? So there's got a network appear with power over Ethernet capability in it, but it just goes to show you that from an IoT perspective, that's what we're ready for. Okay, that's wonderful. So we've talked a lot today. Mm. So we've talked. We've introduced. Uh, if I go through the top five again, so DNA Center which is a single platform for design and provisioning and policy, insurance. Single point of control. Single point of control. Ivan slapped me down on that one earlier. Single yeah, point yeah. of control. It was, it was a gentle slap. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> took, you still got the mark it, it in your face work. for it. Yeah. Um, software defined access, that's coming out, and that's yeah. about segmentation. That was easy for me to say. Three. Uh, uh, simplicity as well. Assurance, analytics on the network, of being able to understand how the network is performing in real time and machine learning and extracting things from like... Um, 
Stealth Watch and APIC and and being able to to learn and dynamically reprioritize applications based on their performance, if I've got that right. Mm -hmm. And then I did listen. Then we have uh, encrypted traffic analysis, which is new functionality in the new Catalyst 9K switches, which allows you to spot bad stuff inside encrypted traffic. Correct. And then you have the Catalyst 9K switches, which is the 9300. Uh, which is your access layer switch to 9400, which is sort of, if you want to pay for it and put it in the access layer, crack on, but it's a distribution type switch. Mm -hmm. And then the 9500, which is going to be a fixed um, aggregate, uh, fixed core switch, core platform, which is going to come out. And these are all going to come out later in the year. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So 9300 is, is, is out now. Good, now. Then 9400. is November, because you committed to that on, uh, on air. And uh, so that ninety four hundred is in July. July. The, uh, oh, July. The assurance is November. Oh, yeah. that's the one. I got all the dates yeah. wrong. There we are. Um, guys, thank you very much for and thank you very much for coming on a second time, Ivan. A pleasure. Uh, thank you, first time Goffy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Do I get an invite back? Yeah, you get an invite okay. back every time. Cool. You're my boss. You just make me come on. <laughs> you just go. You got to do it. Or fire. Um, thanks very much for listening. Hope it's been informed. It's been some brand new stuff today. Um, I've learned a lot today because there's a lot of stuff I should have maybe learned myself, but I've actually used this session to learn it anyway. So um, thanks very much for listening. And uh, please contact the podcast if you want to know anything more about what we've talked about today or anything else. Um, hello to all our listeners around the world. We've had, uh, we've had listeners from a plethora of countries, South America, Australia, America, Denmark, and uh, so if anybody else wants to... to Ireland. Ireland, yeah, yes, that's, that's just you. Just continue <laughs> downloading. Um, but yeah, lovely to hear from any of our listeners. You can contact the podcast at, at Justin Woolen on Twitter or you can email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com. Two hours one hour. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.